This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Uh, the White Ferns got their campaign at the T20 Worlds Women's World Cup off to a shaky start. Well, shaky is probably quite complimentary when they were dismissed for 76, chasing 173. It's always going to be a tough ask uh, starting against the best team in the world, but now they have to, swift, uh, have to swiftly turn their attention to their remaining pool matches. If they don't make the semi-finals, uh, there is a real problem there. It's an exciting time for women's cricket, not just because of the World Cup, but there's also the WPL auction taking place tonight. A career, potential career-changing moment for anyone involved. Uh, with us now is injured White Fern star Frankie Mackay, who's been applying her trade as a cricket commentator this summer. Doing a great job as well, I must say. Good morning, Frankie. Good morning, Smitty. How are you going? Oh, oh, damn fine. Absolutely damn fine. But I'm a little concerned because uh, of what I saw at the weekend. Have I, have I painted a gloomy picture? Um, have you got more hope than me? It is a bit of a gloomy picture to start off with a Monday, but that's okay. I, I think, you know, not all is lost. I think when you look at the the pool that they're in, they've actually got the, the best pool that you could possibly get. Australia's going to walk through... We know that you'd like to put up a little bit more fight against them. No one likes getting blown off the park game one. But South Africa, they're in disarray. They've got rid of their captain because she's not fit enough, even though she's had you know, the best part of the year to get ready for this tournament at home. She's now joined the commentary team. They're, they're unhappy. They're, they've got off-field problems. So that's being pretty much reflected in the way they've played their cricket. And then you've got Sri Lanka and Bangladesh, and we blew Bangladesh off the park when we recently played them in the home series here. So if you look at teams you've got to beat to get through the semi-final stage, you'd think you'd beat the rest comfortably. And then, you know, once you get to semi-final stage, you've just got to play well twice. You've got to have two good days of cricket and then you could be going home lifting a World Cup. I made the point, Frankie, about losing um, Bates and Devine early and Sophie Devine has had very cricket, a little cricket of late because um, of a foot issue. Uh, it's been just a little while, uh, I've got to say, at international level for Susie Bates. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit worried there. Should I be? Oh, I don't think, you know, does lightning strike twice? Maybe not. That's that's a little bit of a rare occurrence to have, you know, your two best players walk back with a golden next to their name. So if it happens again the next game, then, yeah, you're probably getting pretty close to pushing the panic button. But I think... First up, it happens. I don't think, you know, as, as long as you play the game for, there's always a few nerves around game one. You get 170 put on the board, and, and those two women would be thinking that they've got to probably go out and score. At least 120 of them between them is, is probably how mm. they were feeling. So there's a little bit of concern. Yep, absolutely. You'd you'd love to start your tournament off with two of your big guns going out there and, and blazing it around everywhere. And everyone else can kind of feed off that confidence, but I'd expect them to to knock a few round in the next game and, and hopefully get themselves into a good position and then when you finish with Bangladesh and Sri Lanka as your last two games of the pool then it's fill, it's fill your boots time and, and we've seen both of them do it they've probably been accused of being uh, beating up on the minnows throughout their career so I mean I'd expect to see it again and then hopefully that means semi-finals time with two players with lots of runs and lots of confidence under their belt 
I look at our batting lineup. Basidon Hay at three, Hannah Rowe at six. Not something I expected to see. No, that's a little bit of a smoky that selection for sure. She's come off the back of a of a very good Super Smash. She's been pretty dominant in the finisher role for the Central Hind side, and, and probably to be fair, the only bright bright spot in that Central season. So they've kind of plumped there that that that's an option to give them some real power in that middle order. I think they're they're really hoping with her coming in at six that you you don't see her until the fourteenth, fifteenth over, and then she's got the ability to just launch some over the ropes and. She's actually a better batter than I think people give her credit for and, and people have probably seen in the past. But, yeah, it's a little bit of a, an interesting one. And, and especially if they're not going to use Divine as a bowling option because of that foot niggle, if they're not going to use Roe as a bowling option, then you've actually still got to pick five bowlers on your side and then get your other overs from Mealy Kerr as well. She's going to bowl four every game, but you just have to have options with the ball. So my one concern if they're not going to bowl Hannah Rowe, it means they're just carrying too much bowling. I think she has to contribute some overs and then it means you can pick another batter alongside her, whether they come in at six or they slot in underneath her at number seven. I just think we're one short. And when you look at the way you've picked your squad of 15, when you think you've got Lauren Down, Georgia Plummer, and Brooke Halliday, all pure batters, and they're all sitting on the bench against one bowling reserve, just don't think they've quite got the mix right yet for their 11. I mean, that just to me, that just doesn't make sense. One, Lauren Down's got experience, and she's, you know, she's been a proven player. Georgia Plummer was the best player in the same conditions uh, for New Zealand at uh, under-19 level. Now, I, I just I don't see that. I don't see them sitting there with, with bibs on, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's an interesting one, and I think especially with the the Super Smash competition just completed here, you know, maybe I'm a little biased and I've got my eye patch on at the moment. But the two women who who finished number one and two in the run scoring charts here, they'd go very well in that New Zealand side. And and Kate Anderson, I think she scored 536 runs, beat Susie Bates's long-standing record for most runs in a season, a couple of 90s, including 95 in a final. And and then look, we we can't avoid, I guess, the elephant in the room. You start thinking, you know, what if we did have an Amy Satisfied there to bolster that batting. So, yep, there's there's a bit of pressure on the girls that are that are over there. Maybe some a little fortunate to get on the plane, but I'm actually just hoping that I see them get on the park. Georgia Plummer, that was the first time she's dominated any competition at any age group in her career. So you almost think she's a little bit of the hot hand, and I would have loved to see her come in in that that number seven spot and see what she can do. Right. Okay. So uh, I, I paint a, a relatively gloomy picture on our side of it, but let, let's be honest. Has there been in the history of women's cricket a better complete unit than this Australian side at the moment? No. Simple answer. Simple, easy answer for you is is no. That's the that's the team in women's cricket that you know everyone looks at, and probably deep down everyone wants to be part of. Everyone wants to know how they train, how they go about things, what systems they've got in place. How they do their training, it's the team everyone wants to beat. It's the team everyone wants to play like. You know, they just don't have a weak spot when you think of, I mean, Talia McGrath, I think she's the number one ranked T20 batter in the world. She's coming in at seven. And for the last uh, 12, 18 months, Elise Perry hasn't been able to even make their T20 side. She gets a, she gets another crack at it, comes in at four, I think, and she, she goes 40 off 20 walls. So the, the wealth of resources they have is, is phenomenal. I mean, Amanda Wellington played here, looked a class above, couldn't get in the side. They've, they've gone for two other leg spinners. 
which is just an embarrassment of riches. I mean, the the two imports the Wellington Blaze had for the Super Smash and, and Charlie Knott and Laura Harris, I think everyone saw them play and said, wow, how can't they get in the Australian side? Mm. And it's purely mm. just because they're down the pecking order. There's better players. So, yeah, they're phenomenal. They're, they've got quick bowlers. They've got the best spinners in the world. They've got batters coming out their ears. They've got experience. And, you know, I think it's it's a worrying sign as well. Meg Lanning's had some, some time off to work out if cricket's what she really wants to still be doing and, and what life looks like after cricket for her. And she's come back with just this massive smile on her face, cracking jokes left, right and centre and just scoring more runs than ever. So, yeah, I, I think that they're well-rounded, they're well-resourced, they're, they know how to win, they've got a lot of experience doing it and they're the best team in the world by, by some margin. Uh, let's look at uh, South Africa because, as you say, they're not in a happy state, particularly when they're hosting this tournament uh, because of internal issues. And uh, I, I do have a, a, a little area for concern, though, because 12 months ago I saw the form of Laura Vorfart uh, and I saw the impression on a match that Marasan Cup Cap can have. So uh, there is danger there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you can't ride any side off. That's uh, that's a surefire way to see yourself kicked out of a tournament. But yeah, we, when you look at, I think probably their bowling lineup in, in particular, they are they are pretty classy. There's no doubt about it. They are, I would say, comfortably a bit of fifty over team than they are T20. I'm just not quite sure they've worked out exactly their plans and exactly their tempo to be really successful in that format. And I think. Dana Van Neerkirk is, is a huge loss. Yes, for, for runs and wickets, but she's she is tactically on the ball. She is she's clever, she's a great leader and, and she gets the most out of that side. So bowling lineups what you have to look out for. I think Shabna Mishmal, she's the she's the fastest bowler in, mm. in women's cricket and she'll give you a turn up if you don't turn up on the ball on the day. Marazan Cup, she's I mean she's the best all rounder in in women's cricket, so again, same thing. Uh, Mlaba, left-arm spinner, I think she's ranked number one, number two in the world at the moment, so she's one to watch out for. And then we saw when the ball swings how, how dangerous Ayabonga Kaka can be as well. So when you're turning up and listing off four or five people in a bowling lineup that are that are world-class, then, yeah, you've you got to be on the money. But it is, it's going to be runs that will be the tough thing for them. I think if you can find a way to put 140-150 on the board against them, I just... I don't think they've got the power and the nous to be able to chase it down. Laura Volvart, as as you said, she's class. T20 cricket, it's a little bit still hit and miss for her. And and Chloe Tryon is is one that she'll come off, she'll hit you 50 off 20, but she'll do it one game in 10. So, yeah, I'd like to think we've got a little too much firepower for them. But, yeah, can't, can't write them off, that's for sure. For quite some time, we've been sort of clutching at straws, I think, uh, hoping like heck that... um you know, that uh, Amy Satterthwaite uh, might change her mind or they might change their mind on Amy Satterthwaite, but now we can uh, put that to bed because she has retired. What an impact she has had on women's cricket in this country. Oh, massive. And that just... I I don't think you can ever fully probably understand the impact that she's had on this game. And it's been over, heck, the best part of 20 years. So if that's someone who's come through when it's completely amateur uh, to that semi-professional stage to having to, the first time New Zealand cricket contracts came in, you had to work for your association, so it wasn't as though they were strictly professional contracts you're still working to get paid, but yeah, and then has has just ushered it into the, the fully professional space now, so 
she's done that. She's she's coached. She's been a leader. She's captained. I mean, for Canterbury, she captained the first ever T20 competition back in 2007, where they won it. And then at the weekend, she was able to to lift the trophy again with the captain's armband on once again. So she's just been. She has been huge. You know, she has been an absolute legend of the sport. And and I've been so lucky to spend the majority of my career standing down the non-strikers mm-hmm. end, leaning on my back, watching her do her work. And honestly, that's mm-hmm. when people ask me what my favourite things of my cricket career have been. She features in all of them. And, and that just, I think, speaks to the person that she is as well. So, yeah, she'll be really mm-hmm. missed around the scenes. She'll definitely be missed in the dressing room. We sit right next to each other at Hagley Oval, so... There'll be a big void uh, in that section. So, yeah, it's it's a shame that it's come to an end. I think probably all good things have to. But, gosh, there's, there's no one who's served women's cricket better. So, hopefully, she's got one-day cricket still coming up for Canary. Hopefully, they get in the final. Mm. And then uh, she ends up going out with two titles because not everyone gets a fairy tale finish, Smithy, but she's one that absolutely deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I hope uh, New Zealand cricket pay her some sort of fitting tribute. I guess they will. Uh, at some point, but um, you know, uh, they'll have cricket awards at the end of the season. I'm, I'm hoping that she'll uh, feature in them uh, quite heavily. So, uh, Amy Satterthwaite, thank you uh, for what you have, have achieved. And uh, for a lot of uh, our cricketers tonight, there'll be some nerves. Uh, some are guaranteed a big paycheck. Some will be sitting on the edge of their seats hoping for some sort of um, payment for what they're putting in. But the women's IPL equivalent uh, the, is, is going to be massive tonight and I won't say life changing but certainly it'll make a lot of people more comfortable Oh yeah absolutely it will and and I think it is going to be life changing for some people involved I think we've we've sat by and we're all fans of the men's game as well we're all cricket fans and, and we've watched the way that the IPL has just changed the men's cricketing landscape over the last decade. So to think that that's now coming around and, and that's going to be an opportunity for women is, it's just, it's going to be really cool. I think the teams now, they've announced most of their coaching lineups and you see some of the, the names and experience that's been listed off the year. And I think every player around the world would be, would be lying if they told you they didn't want to be involved or they didn't care either way. So yeah, it's, it's the chance not only to have a bit more money come in, which we won't hide about. You know, everyone wants more for, for less. So the opportunity to go and, and play for four or six weeks and, and get a good paycheck out of it will definitely ease some pressures, especially in, in some of the countries where they're still not compensated as, as well as, as your top teams. So that'll be that'll be huge for them. But it's just, just the experience, just the chance to go and, you know, have some Australians in your dressing room and pick their brains to, to play cricket in different conditions, to, to be in the dressing room with some of the best players in the world, I think is massive for any player at, at any stage of their career. And as we've seen with the men's IPL, there's always been a bolter. There's always been a little bit of a smoky. So I, I think there's a few girls that are fingers crossed and, and hoping that it's going to be them that get the chance to go over and, and experience it. So, yeah, there'll be some, some people sitting down eagerly watching. I know the England girls have said they're a bit disappointed that they're actually playing cricket at the same time as the auction's on. So I think that just shows how much it means to everyone. And yeah, it's a little bit... Can't, can't wait to see who gets picked up and, and probably can't wait to see who gets picked up for what as well. Yeah, that'll be the interesting thing, just how big they go. Some of those reserves are around the 97,000, I think, for the top-line players. So... Uh, they'll be guaranteed uh, much, much more than that. I was actually talking to uh, Alyssa Healy. I did some a little bit of commentary work with her, and I've got to say that was uh, when we talked about that, Frankie. That was her biggest smile of the day because I think she might cash in. 
yeah, I'm not surprised at all with that one. To be fair, she'll uh, she'll be one of the top top picks, I would have guessed. And and look, I think some of our Kiwi girls might as well. I'd be surprised if Sophie Devine doesn't doesn't end up with a big payday. I think you've got to look pretty closely at Amelia Kerr being one of your marquee players as well. And that's scary to think she's only 22. So yeah, I, I definitely think there's there's just that real air of excitement around it. We it feels like we've watched from afar for so long, and and maybe Alyssa Healy even slightly more so because, of course, husband Mitchell Stark, he's been involved, he's been playing over there, she's, she's been part of it, she's, she's watched it from right up close. So you see the change that it has on those players and, and the impact it's had on the men's game. And you just that's all you want is you just want to have a crack, you just want to play more cricket, you want to be experiencing the, the same things as your male counterparts talk about. We've all heard the stories, you know, we saw Baz go out and blitz it in the gold helmet for 158 or whatever he scored. Those are the moments that everyone wants to be part of. So, yeah, I, I can imagine she'd have a pretty big smile on her face. And if I'm honest, I think she'll have a pretty big check to go on with at the end of it too. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Frankie, always great to catch up with you and uh, get your thoughts on what's happening, particularly in women's cricket. But, yeah, fingers crossed uh, for the next game against uh, South Africa. Uh, lose that, and I think we're in a spot of bother. Frankie Mackay, as always, great to talk. Thank you. Yeah, love it, Smithy. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. Yeah.